We are in conversation this afternoon with Dylan Johnson. Dylan is the owner of Ethical Eats, which is a plant-based product manufacturing company, started, founded, and managed by himself. And he has been working as a chef, and his career path has taken him through many different angles, but his passion has always been chocolate. Dylan, it's such a pleasure to have you on Jet Setting with Janet. We have tasted your delicious chocolate, so we know what we're talking about. And we just love, love, love the packaging. And I just want you to take us on this journey to tell us what training you received and how you got to this point in your career where you own Ethical Eats. So yeah, the journey started a long time ago. <laughs> I was actually, um, I started cooking when I was five. So I had a passion for food from a young age. Serious? Um, yeah. <laughs> I've, that's, that's amazing. I've, I've, been, I've been serious. Uh, my mom, my mom used to be, um, she put me in the kitchen and she said, you know, if, if, if I want to, if I want to cook, then there's the kitchen and I must make food for my sister and myself. So weekends, I used to do <laughs> scrambled eggs or something like that and started breakfast for the two of us and I just spun in love with food. And, and how so, wonderful that mom gave you the space to really flex your creative muscle. Definitely. No, I really appreciate everything she did and, and pushed me into that direction. Almost. So, yeah, it's That's been it's fantastic. Been a, so you were a chef at age five. You were obviously <laughs> not making chop chip cookies and chocolate pancakes then. You were not making all then, kinds no. of other things. And <laughs> obviously, you did some training in between. Tell us what that was all about. So to be honest, I haven't trained as a chef. I've I've literally been cooking my whole life. In high school, I actually started probably oh, when I was about 15 or so. I, I used to, my mom's cousins had restaurants and I'd go work there in school holidays to go and learn more about food and learn about the industry and luckily I had the opportunity with family members that I could actually I could do that and 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 work in a restaurant environment so that was quite amazing um high school I actually did private dinner parties for my mom's friends and I built up a nice repertoire of of contacts and I managed to get into the Marco Angelo around when I was still in the trick actually they they accepted me into the Marco Angelo so that was that was incredible. That was the the start of a official chef journey, I would say. And in all of this, I keep hearing mom. You do know that it was your mom that introduced you to me, right? That's correct. Yes. <laughs> and I she's do. still she's still doing that. She's still your brand ambassador. That's wonderful. She so is, yeah, you had this opportunity with family. You were at the Michelangelo, which is an amazing establishment, so well respected. How did you get to the point where you're doing this bean-to-bar chocolate making? You, you're a chocolatier. I mean, we've all um, watched that. I am amazing. a chocolatier, so, yes. Um, chocolate maker, chocolatier as well. So we do from farm to bar, not necessarily just bean-to-bar. We take it a little bit further with that. Um, so the, how the chocolate thing happened was when I was at Michelangelo, because I, I was only 17, I didn't actually have a car at the time or a license. My dad used to fetch me after work, but he could fetch me after he started, finished work. And um, I used to, so I would finish my shift around three o'clock in the afternoon. And then my dad normally would get there about six to fetch me. And instead of, you know, I've been in the kitchen all day and I didn't want to really leave the hotel. So I made friends with the pastry chef and I used to go learn how to do pastries and chocolates and and all the good yummy things um, after my shift finished just to learn more. 
And um, that's when I really fell in love with chocolate, just as an ingredient. It was just something really special. You know, it's 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 not every I, at the time I wasn't really sure if I was chef I wanted to be, and this mm-hmm. kind of put me on that path of of becoming a chocolatier and studying more and in my own capacity and just learning about chocolates and trying to make amazing chocolate yumminess. <laughs> I suppose that's that's so that was your training ground, and you got lots of. It sounds like you've given your career lots of time and energy to get oh, yeah. to this point because you've spent so much time in kitchen, so much time being mentored, and um, you know you've played in this space for a while. Uh, so yeah. you're obviously at a point now where you know exactly what you want. We've tasted the chocolates; it's pretty amazing. It's fair trade accredited. What does that mean, Dylan? When something is fair trade accredited? Well, it's not necessarily fair trade. It's we we take it a step further where it's um direct farm to farm. We we, we go directly to the farms and deal with okay. the owners on the farms. Um, so that's a step further from fair trade because fair trade a lot of times just the certification that says the cacao you get in is you know fair trade. Um, so we actually direct farm to bar trade if you want to call that. So what we do is we ensure that um, the farmers. Not only do we um, impart our knowledge on growing better cacao, but also with the fermenting of the cacao, which is um, one of the most crucial steps in chocolate making. Um, you actually can't get chocolate without fermenting. You can't eat the raw cacao. There's enzymes that it goes through a whole enzyme breakdown process when you ferment, and that kind of gives you the the starting profile of of chocolate. It's quite an interesting thing. So what we do is we go to the farm, we um, we make sure the farmers have all this knowledge in terms of growing and fermenting better, and then we pay them a, a premium. So most commodity chocolates um, in the world, they would pay them four times less for the cacao than what we would pay. We, we pay four times the amount for the, our cacao purely because we believe that the farmers are the you know essential part of the whole process. So of the value by paying the farmers more, sure. they can actually, you know, they have a proper business that then in turn they can um, they can grow and and then we're supporting them with good quality service and um, and knowledge on our side where we can, you know, to, to do things better and, and more efficient and all of that. So, You know, it's very rare to find a small startup that is so committed to making the whole value chain so ethical. So I now understand where the name Ethical Eats comes from because you're living your brand. It's really quite phenomenal. And then we take this step further by also (laughs) all our nuts and fruits that we we get for any of our um, um, our flavors. We actually support local farms in South Africa or Africa if we have to. If we can't get locally, then we'll look at like Mozambique or places like that. But um, essentially, we try and and stick to South African farms for – Organic produce on the on the other ingredients, you know, from Karoo, pist- we get our pistachios from the Karoo. We get hazelnuts from rates. We get um, clementines from um, Limpopo and macadamia nuts from from Limpopo. So it's 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 about you know ground up. It's about a community. It's about showing people yes. that we can support small farms to to make a difference. So. So, Dylan, you have quite a large service offering in terms of your menu. Will you share with us what that menu looks like? Um, so, we start off with our three curvature range at the moment. Um, the, the, our current, we, we, we currently get our um, the current range of beans that we're getting is from a small plantation in the Kilombera Valley in Tanzania. 
it's called Cocoa Committee. They um incredible farmers up there where we get our cacao from, um, the first origin of, of many um, that we've actually found. So this Tanzanian bean is amazing because it's very fruity, whiny, sour cherry. That's kind of the profile of it. A, a lot of people ask me, you know, on the, on the dark chocolate, the, oh, we have a 70% and 100% that we do. What fruit have I added into the, into the chocolate? I'm like, there's no fruit. It's literally a two-ingredient chocolate, a little bit of sugar and some cacao, and that's it. Nothing else. So it's, it's quite phenomenal that you can get such a premium product out of a minimal ingredients. And that's always been my, my part of the ethical side of it. Like I would, I, we don't add any fillers, any preservatives, any emulsifiers into our products, hundred percent natural ingredients. And it sounds so like if it's, if it's properly done, you don't need too many additives. You don't need too many byproducts to add. You don't, no, not at all. It, it, it comes in when, when the guys want to try and make more profit so they add more rubbish into the chocolate to make it cheaper. And mm. I'm, that's, you know, I'm opposite to any of that kind of – I've always been a farm-to-bar kind of person or a farm-to-fork chef. You know, I love, I love growing my own veggies and picking my own herbs. And, you know, there's just something about having that control and knowing exactly where your ingredients come from. So I think that's quite special. So what advice would you give? And I mean, I'm listening to you and I feel it's a little bit of a silly question because you've literally dedicated your life to your craft. But for somebody entering the industry, wanting to go into chocolate making, what advice can you offer to them? Research. Honestly, to do as much research as you possibly can about what kind of chocolate you're looking at making. We've gone with a plant-based chocolate purely because um, I've been plant-based for the past six years, and um, it's really from a health perspective, um, just to to have a you know eating whole foods, good quality plant-based diet is is is, is nothing wrong with that. So it, it keeps me going, and yeah, you know, tons of energy. And but um, I would say do tons of research on 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 the subject before you try and get into it. Obviously, mm-hmm. having some kind of chef background would, would help just from an ingredient and mixing and R&D perspective. I think that's kind of my my strength is my R&D is um, coming up with new flavors and not being scared to to play with new flavors. Um, one of my things was because I'm a self-taught chef, I don't have any limits in terms of, you know, I have to do it this specific way. I'll, I'll do things and, and play and figure it out, and it might be a failure in the beginning. But when, by the time I'm in making the product, it's going to be a superior product because I put so much effort into creating something. For sure. I heard you saying plant-based. Are you saying that your entire diet is plant-based or that the chocolate is plant-based? So the whole chocolate range that we make is plant-based. So every mm-hmm. single product that comes out of our factory is plant-based. We have no dairy in the facility when we make our chocolate. We use our alternative methods like nuts and seeds to create texture and um, creaminess within the slabs. For instance, um, we do have a range of a vanilla blonde and a milk chocolate. Um, they're both dairy-free, and um, it's incredible. You wouldn't say that they were because they're so creamy. But, yeah, I mean, it's like three or four-ingredient chocolate slabs. It's, it's just phenomenal. Like our vanilla blonde is made with roasted cashews, fresh vanilla, um, vanilla we use from Uganda. Um, again, keeping it on the African continent. We use no essences and things like that. It's ultra creamy, really tasty, just a really good tasting chocolate. Um, then we do a milk chocolate with um, roasted hazelnuts. <laughs> you wouldn't say that it was plant-based when you try it because it's so smooth. Like 
people keep mm-hmm. asking me, how do you make it so smooth? Like, why is it so soft and smooth? And like, you know, that's just the process of making chocolates. And um, we can't or refine our chocolate for at least 36 hours to get it under 20 microns. So that when you put it onto your palate, you have a much more smoother, um, anxious kind of, you know, a whole a whole experience that goes through your your palate in that sense. So yeah, I think that's quite special with those with those chocolates. So that's well, Dylan, the... you'll be very impressed to hear that I had seed crackers and almond butter for lunch. <laughs> oh, lovely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, eat, I, I yeah. probably eat tons of chocolate. I eat way more than most people do. Um, even though I make chocolate all day. I but it's all part it. of the R&D, right? So there's no of need course, to even course. stress about it. I just it. keep telling yeah. everyone that. You know, I have to have a, a slab a day. It keeps the doctor a day. That's my, my saying. <laughs> well, it's good stuff. So I think that makes a big difference. Now, Dylan, tell me, Definitely. where can we buy your chocolate? Do you have an online portal? Is it in stores? So first of all, you you we do have a, a full online platform. Um, we we ship anywhere in the country. You can buy our products online, um, ethicaleats.coza. Otherwise, um, we do supply a few um, top delis and and, and um, establishments across the country. Um, we're in. Uh, it's actually all the information is on our website, but um, we do stock in Jackson's, the two Jackson's um, delis in Bryanston and Kairami up in Joburg. We're in Kaylee's Food Market up in Joburg. We're in Plants on Plates in Cape Town. Um, and then we've got a few more stores coming up now. We've actually just launched the product in Cape Town recently. So um, it's been about a week, week and a bit that we've just gotten into Cape Town. So there will be a lot more stores that will be popping up, um, delis and um, those kind of things where you can buy our products from. So before we say goodbye to you, Dylan, is there something that you'd like to tell us about your chocolate or some gripping thing that you'd like to share with us? We know where to find it. We know we can order via your website. We've tasted it. It sounds like there's quite a few outlets that are growing and you are now starting to supply to. How would you like to end off? What would you like to tell us about Ethical Eats? Um, I would I like to say that, you know, um, support local as much as we have good chocolate coming in from overseas, I, I believe that being a chocolatier and a chocolate maker, um, you know, I, I, I can say that we we are farm-to-bar chocolate makers. We're one of the few in the country. Try our products out. We're at, we're at multiple markets. If you see our store, don't be scared to come past and taste the chocolate. It's it's really great. I mean, we've had amazing feedback from, from everyone that tastes it um, and tries our product and yeah, just trying to grow a good, you know, show show the world that South Africa has great chocolate. You know, it's not you can make chocolate anywhere in the world. I mean, and we we make some of the best here yeah, in, in in our country as well. So yeah, give our give our products a try and give us feedback and go join our tribe um, online. You join our tribe and we give discounts and all of that onto our online store and you could win hampers and yeah, we're just trying to make it fun. You know, chocolate's supposed to be fun and. Also bringing in the ethics and fun parts. So, yeah, it's 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 great. It's, it's a great product. Well, I think it's a wonderful combination, Dylan. It's really interesting to hear the journey that you've taken, but also the ethical aspect when it comes to how the chocolate is produced, the stuff that's good for you. And it's uh, it's just cognizant of the environment, the value chain, the economic impact. And then, of course, how good it is for your body, which is phenomenal. Dylan, great chatting to you. We've tasted your chocolate. We know where to find more. 
are there any plans to have a, a site in Cape Town that we can access where you, where we can buy your chocolate? So we are looking at a future plan of doing a, a like a chocolate shop with all the ideas in my mind and all the all the products I've, I've created over the past couple of years. Um, we have something really fun and cool coming to Cape Town and Joburg, like some proper little, you know, a shop where you can come in and, and experience the whole ethical eats chocolate experience, if I would like to call that. Fantastic. So. We can't wait. We're super excited. We're great fans already, and you can be sure that we will be one of your biggest supporters. We're really, really looking forward to the future plans. Please do keep us updated so that we can then in turn keep our listeners updated. A wonderful, sweet chat, Dylan. Thank you so much for joining us today on Jet Setting with Janet and all the best as you continue your chocolate journey. Thank you very much for the time. And yeah, I'm looking forward to, to growing things on our side. So yeah, it was great chatting. Thank you so much. We are chatting this afternoon with a very firm Cape Town favorite, which is a beautiful, authentic, French bakery called Paris Cape Town. And we are chatting to the owner, Laurent Bézardin. I hope I've said that right, Laurent. And you know what's amazing is that uh, Paris Cape Town has become a firm favorite amongst the ladies who lunch, amongst the runners in the morning who come for their first cup of coffee, the dog walkers, those that are not fighting the carb, the carb war. And those who are completely embracing all the wonderful, crazy, the wonderful, fantastic layers and layers of croissant. So there's a nice, diverse following for all things Paris Cape Town. And we're very pleased to have Laha on the show because he's going to tell us the story of how it came to be that we have this phenomenal bakery in the heart of Seapoint. Laha, welcome. It's so great to have you with us on Jet Setting with Janet today. Thank you very much, Janet. I'm very happy to be here with you. I'm very glad to talk about French gastronomy and bakery and croissant, obviously. And uh, yes, let's have a good time together. Absolutely. Now, Laurent, I know that you are passionate about your French origins and that, uh, you know, you have found a very nice location in the heart of Seapoint, and you've also now expanded to a different location. So obviously your brand is growing. But was this your intent to come to Cape Town and open a French bakery, authentic as it is? It wasn't, to be honest. So that, what happened is uh, I used to work as a um, sales director in advertising. Um, and uh, for the last 25 years, in, in Paris, and, uh, you know, I was close to my 50s, and, you know, what we say, it's either I, I was about to buy a Porsche or I wanted to change my life. So I chose a new life, and, uh, yeah, my midlife crisis. Yeah, I was looking for midlife crisis. So I chose to well, let me life. just say, <laughs> if you had decided to buy the Porsche, it would have just been like a 30-second thing when you drove past me. Now we have an eternal romance because we all keep coming back to Paris Cape Town for all the good stuff. That's true. And, uh, yeah, so, no, but uh, actually, um, on the first place, I was aiming to go to Asia. Uh, But thanks to a friend of mine, uh, a French guy uh, named Eric, 
who has been living in Cape Town for the last 12 years. He told me to give a chance to this beautiful city, which I did when I came on my very first trip in uh, 2018 for uh, a first look and a uh, look and feel of the of Cape Town. And obviously, like 100% of people that who are coming in Cape Town, I fell in love with the city. And I chose to stay there and to start some building something, uh, a new life, a new business here in, in, in Cape Town. And because I'm French and because I used to be a, a seller, I didn't know what to do. You know, I, I, I don't know what to do with my hand. So I thought <laughs> that being French was my main asset. And I said, okay, being French, how will people see me? And uh, it's we are known for gastronomy and when you are Parisian for being rude. So I, I put aside the rudeness and I kept the gastronomy. <laughs> and uh, I chose to open a, a bakery, which I thought was the easiest step for me, to, um, the easiest way, sorry, for me to step in gastronomy and the gastronomy. So I chose to open the bakery and uh, I chose Seapoint because... Um, it's like a village, actually. Uh, Cape yes. Town is like, yeah, it's different villages uh, all around the uh, CBD. And uh, obviously, Seapoint um, is wealthy. We, we have Fresne, you have uh, lots of people with with um, with um, uh, money. And uh, I, I like the promenade. I fell in love with the promenade as well. And uh, I thought, okay, people, after they're, they're working out, after having a nice walk, by the sea, they can stop at my place and enjoy and treat themselves uh, with a croissant, with a good coffee. And uh, yeah, that, that's how I chose Seapoint. Um, uh, and as you said earlier, I, I expanded slowly but surely. I've expanded to another another uh, location in Clough Street. And uh, I've opened a few months ago another branch uh, a smaller, but a very, very intimate, very nice. It's like a real coffee. Um, people mm. feel nice uh, uh, on this place. It's just in the Lifestyle and Kloof, at uh, the Wellness Center. I don't know if you know it. Uh, yes, a beautiful um, venue. Yes, exactly. And if you, have, uh, if you have good pastry, you just need a very small table and uh, and a chair to enjoy it so exactly. it's all so good now, as long as the quality of the baking is phenomenal exactly i've got them so now i'm sorted it's, it's very nice uh, uh business is growing people are coming back i'm very happy to to have chosen seapoint because uh i know that waterfront attract a lot of people a lot of, a lot of business but waterfront is many tourists and uh, and yes. uh, I want my bakery to be authentic. So I chose Sipon because I've got a real, real large amount of regular customer. And uh, we know each other. It's been two years I've been uh, uh, running the business in Seapoint. And I've got really good, like even good friends now. It's very nice. It's I like this uh, this uh, uh, way of life. It's, uh, it's very um, enjoyable. Well, you certainly have a tremendous following, Laura, and people keep coming back. And uh, isn't that the best advertisement for your establishment is when people come because they are comfortable, they come because they love what they're eating, and then they tell 10 other people about it. Exactly. And uh, so that this stuff is, is very nice. I've got a good staff now, a good team. Um, 
uh, and the product are very good and and but we keep the focus on the product you know but unfortunately i used to, when i started i i came with um some very specific ideas about butter and and flour which i used to import from france because i thought uh, uh um it was crazy of of me but i thought french flour and french butter would be better and it's not the truth uh, 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 oh, um, that's interesting. Uh, yeah, it's it's it's. I diff. Uh, how can I say that in English? Uh, uh, um, I put a bet on the table that you won't be able. And French people, whether it's French from the US, from UK, from South Africa, you ninety nine percent of the time you won't be able to uh, define which croissant is French, which one is uh, is mine, because it's most of. It's the way of doing it. We are doing it the proper way with the French baker who taught his team how to make it the French way, you know. And uh, and uh, so even if now we are working with local ingredients, everything is the same at the end of the day. It's the same taste, the same taste, and everything. It's it's I'm quite quite very confident about the fact that uh, my croissant. Uh, are quite the um, same, sometimes even better, according to some uh, customer, than the one you can get in France. You know, in Aladdin, there was a magic carpet. And I think at Paris Cape Town, there is a croissant because you can travel. <laughs> if you can just close your eyes, you can be in Europe and it is so wonderful. The layers and layers of flaky pastry it's uh, it's just phenomenal. I love it. And uh, I want you to please think about doing a pistachio croissant because it's my favorite. But yeah, for now, I'm... You are reading my mind. It. You are reading my mind. Uh, are you serious? Is, yeah, I swear to God. I, talk, I spoke to my baker last night about this. Wow. Working on uh, maybe not a proper croissant, but uh, with a... Croissant dough, but uh, different shape, but definitely with pistachios. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I'm going to send you a picture of my pistachio croissant from <laughs> a tiny, tiny village in Mombaruzzo. You know, I'm an early bird, so mm -hmm. we decided to take a walk, and I saw the guy who is driving the bin truck and the painters and contractors talking loudly, talking with their hands, and I followed them, and I found the most amazing little bakery. And for okay. two euro, I managed to get a croissant and a coffee. And ever since then, I've been looking for pistachio croissant because it is so uncomplicated. Life is great. Everybody greeted me like I was a local because they figured, okay, this lady's sitting here. She must know something uh, because she is here at seven o'clock in the morning and, uh, <laughs> you know, very relaxed and ordering the good stuff. So... I think for me, um, even though Seapoint is so busy, it's quite possible to sit there and just time travel. So, you know, from, a from the point of view of bringing good quality, because if you have a croissant and a coffee, you're good to go for a couple of hours, you know. It's so beautiful yeah, and uncomplicated. And it feeds your tummy, but it also feeds your soul. And a lot of the the breads and the um, the pastries there, you know, you come for the coffee and the croissant, but you leave with a couple of sourdough, some baguette. Uh, maybe you want to spoil somebody with a croque monsieur. 
and off you go. So exactly. I, I know what's on your shelf there, but I want you to please, for the benefit of our listeners, tell us what can we find at Paris Cape Town? Yeah, we have three main parts in the bakery. Uh, the first one is obviously the bread parts. Uh, you talked about the baguettes. So we have uh, three different kind of baguettes, whether they are the sh- shape-wise, like we have the round one, uh, the pointy one, we've got the AP, like a flower, um, and we've got the sourdough, we've got ciabatta, um, and some uh, special bread as well, like rye or, or multi-seeds. Um, on the sweet, for the sweet tooth, we've got obviously the croissant and, and pain au chocolat. I was explaining that pain au chocolat is it's funny because it's so. In France, there is a debate about the name of pain au chocolat because 80% of France is calling it pain au chocolat when only 20% of, uh, uh, of France, the north, the southwest, sorry, is calling it chocolatine, which makes more sense actually, but, uh, uh, it's I don't know from where it comes, but it, it's 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 a funny story. Um, and we've got uh, uh, lots of um, you call it uh, Danish. We call it like pain au chocolat or pain au raisin. Sorry, with raisin, uh, uh, chocolate drops with custard. Everything is made uh, every night. It's handmade every night from um, obviously the dough to the custard to um, lots of things. And uh, we are trying to add. Quite often, a new um, new pastries to um, uh, uh, to offer people more choice, even if it's already uh, quite a large choice on the on the shelves. Mm-hmm. It um, is. Yes, it is. Yes, right. And when you think that everything is made every night uh, from scratch, it's uh, it's uh, really. Uh, I know that my, my I've got a team of uh, five, six. Sorry, six people every night. Working on on the on the production, and they are working from um, eight p.m. until six a.m. in the morning. So all night long, they are they are working, and I really I, I support them very much because it's not that easy when you think about load shedding, which is a great nightmare sometimes for for, for absolutely. Us. And uh, but they managed to do such a good work, such a tremendous work, and uh, it's very. It's very impressive, um, and obviously we have the the, the uh, savory part as well. You talked about um, the croque monsieur, but whether it's with ham or with salmon, um, and we are, have a, a quite large choice of quiches as well, um, from the quiche Lorraine, which bacon and cream, uh, to uh, the spinach and feta. Uh, we we. I'm French, so I love cheese. So I'm trying to to um, to use as much cheese as I can. So from cheddar to uh, to goat cheese to um, to feta, we're trying to do uh, um, different kind of dishes for the veg- the veggie one and the the meat one, and uh, and yes, some tarts as well. And obviously, I've got cakes. Um, made by a French um, a pastry chef as well, and um, um, it's quite oh, today what I've uh, I like to offer to in my in my both shops, and uh, very happy with that. Um, so people are like they liked uh, what they got. They're coming back, so I'm very I'm very happy, and uh, I've got good um, good feedbacks. 
But I'm always happy, uh, dear customer, if you come and something is wrong, please let me know because this is the best way to improve our test. So I will never be upset if some something uh, is not perfect. Uh, uh, nobody is perfect. I like to improve myself. I like to uh, think that my team can improve as well. So please let me know. We are doing our best, but we are just human beings. So sometimes we make mistakes. And... Uh, but we're happy to correct them if needed. It sounds like such a great, you know, such a great lot of choices from sweet and savory and, of course, the staples like bread, etc. Uh, and beautiful coffees. Uh, yeah, one coffee comes service. from uh, Michu. My supplier is Michu Coffee. Uh, uh, he, has a, he has a shop in, uh, in uh, Main Road as well on the, on the Sea Point uh, near Regent Street. Um, Regent Road, sorry, so it's very well known, got award for coffee, so I'm very lucky to um, to have partnered with uh, with Michu for the coffee. Great choice, Laurent. Well, you know, we're saying goodbye to you with, uh, with uh, our senses delighted and looking forward to our next visit to Paris, Cape Town. And I'm going to say a bientôt, which means uh, in French, until we meet again, am I right? Yes, yeah, yeah. See you soon. See you soon. See you soon. See you soon. A bientôt. Because a bientôt. Thank you, Janet. Au revoir. Au revoir. Merci beaucoup. We will see you again soon, Laura. And thank you for Let the beautiful Paris Cape Town. I'll be happy to, to have you with me. Thank you very much, Janet. Thank you. Take care. Bye bye.